Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon and good evening. Hope and pray this finds you well wherever it finds you. So a couple of reasons to celebrate here as we start uh, this podcast. First, not necessarily in order of importance, but this is my 50th podcast of The Person and the Power. Kind of cool. I've been plugging along for um, almost a year. And uh, now we're still, I think, I know I'm having a blast, especially in this series of finding the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Having a blast. Hope you are too. Hope you're encouraged. Hope you're challenged. And hope you're blessed. That really is the prayer for each one of these podcasts, that uh, Holy Spirit meets you wherever you are to encourage you, to challenge you, and to bless you. So second reason is this is the third, fourth maybe day in southern Indiana where we have had temperatures in the either the high 50s or the low 60s with, wait for it, sun. Come on. It is, uh, now I'm a winter lover. I, I, I'm a snow lover. I'm a snow fan and a winter lover. And yet, I'm okay if in early February in southern Indiana, we want to, we, if spring springs a little earlier. And I'm okay with that. But, you know, come on, you know it's coming. You know the cold is coming, the rains are coming, and maybe even snow might be a coming, so you, you know that. So, But we'll celebrate while we have a chance, and um, oh, there's one more celebration, and that is, goodness gracious, we love what God's doing with the Joshua Center. The Joshua Center is the training center that started out of Firmer's Chapel, the church I am blessed to pastor for the last 19 years, and um, now it's its own entity. It is the, um, uh, it's its own entity called the jo- Joshua Center Global Inc., and it's a, the 5013C uh, nonprofit, and it is the training center to raise up leaders to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit, to change a culture, to be determined to do so, and, and to be inspired uh, by the Word of God, and to be deep lovers and students of the Word of God. And this year, that's what we're doing. We're looking the entire year. We're, we're, we're looking at how to study the Bible. Come on, most of us don't even read the Bible well. We skip, we skim, we don't really investigate, we don't pay attention, and we don't observe. We just read. And we go into skim mode really quickly, especially in Old Testament books like Leviticus or those genealogies, right? But goodness gracious, we just miss so much. And I'll say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The Bible was never meant to be read. The Bible was meant to be studied. And so we are spending the entire year learning how to study the Bible. So if you're interested, uh, check us out. And uh, we'd, uh, we'd love to talk with you more about uh, what uh, the Joshua Center might mean to you and for you. And, but we are having a blast. Uh, we've, never been, we've never been here before in number of students, in the number of states represented, number of countries represented, um, number of denominations represented, all just for one purpose— uh, really, we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and when that happens, we're going to read and study the Word of God better. We're going to know the heart of Jesus better. And we're going to know the will of the Father better. That's what happens when we become uh, more filled with the person 
and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Come on. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for the day. I thank you for yet another 60 plus degree day here in southern Indiana with some sun. I thank you for this 50th podcast on one of my favorite stories of the entire Bible. Um, Now, Lord, I could say that about a lot of them, right? And I probably do. I think I use the word favorite. I overuse the word favorite. I know. But this is one of my top, it's got to be one of my top five stories probably. Here we are. We're going to be landing on the Mount of Carmel with Elijah and with some prophets of Baal. But we're going to see the story before the story. So we know, I think most of us know the story, Lord, of those prophets and the fire coming down on the mountain. But we're going to know the story before the story. So ask and pray your blessings upon us as we read the word, as we engage in the word, and as we allow your Holy Spirit to do a deep and good work here in us. Transform us, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus, your mighty name. Amen, amen. All right, here we go. First Kings 18 is where we're going to be. And we're going to see, like we've been doing for the last several, several weeks now, we've been finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, Ruach HaKadosh. And we talked about this several different times, but spirit, uh, Ruach can mean spirit, it can mean wind, it can mean breath. But when paired up with HaKadosh, it's spirit of holy, or it could be the spirit of the holy. And so it is Holy Spirit. And so we know this to be the, the, the person and the power of the third, it's the third person of the Trinity. So so as we have done, we're going to continue to read through Scripture. And here's the backstory of, of the contest on Mount Carmel. All right, um, I've been on Mount Carmel twice. Amazing. I mean, brought to tears. You stand on a mountaintop where you know fire from heaven fell. Come on. Does that get even, does it even get better than that? So I've been blessed to stand on that mountain with uh, my wife and with dear friends who have gone with us on trips to the Holy Land uh, for several times. And But twice I have stood on Mount Carmel and both times just awed, blessed, almost, again, moved to tears, thinking and, and reading the story and thinking through the story and, and uh, just so, um, uh, just almost have to pinch yourself. Is this real? But there's a story before that story. So we do know the story, right, of, of, of Elijah and the prophets of Baal and, uh, and Navastra, uh, those, uh, the, the, the idol gods, and, and going to the mountain. And, and, and there, here they are, they're calling out um, all, uh, all of their prophets, you know, calling out for their God to, to you know, the 850 prophets, uh, 450 of Baal and, and 400 prophets of Asherah. And, and, and so they're calling out to their God, you know, burn up the sacrifice. Nothing happens. And, and he's doing tra- what we call, he's calling, um, doing what we call holy trash talking. Maybe your God is busy. And maybe even, and yes, the, the Hebrew means he was relieving himself, like in the bathroom. Maybe your gods are, are in the bathroom. <laughs> So, holy trash talking. And then you got Elijah. He says, well, let me go, and I'm going to prepare the, 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 the sacrifice. And you know what happens, right? He, he pours one, two, and three large uh, jars. Um, or th- I'm sorry, four large jars three times. So, three times four equals 12. 12 and sevens and threes. Threes and sevens and twelves are really important numbers in the Bible. Have you figured that out? So, but anyway, four, they filled, uh, he filled four large jars three different times, boom, 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 and uh, just saturating the ground, saturating. I mean, it was drenched. The trench was drenched. 
and kaboom, uh, the fire flashes down from heaven, burns up everything. I love the word, the Hebrew word, it licks up even all the water. So the fire licks up the water. It's almost as if the fire were personified. Hmm. Almost as if, I don't know, hmm, the Holy Spirit and fire? We'll come to that uh, here a little bit later, but we don't know that. That's a, that's a supposition. But I love the story before that story. And I think we miss it because we get to the big drama part. But here's the story before the story. We pick up at verse 1, chapter 18. So later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah. So hang on, hang on, hang on. It's almost like you got to read what? Chapter 17. <laughs> so chapter 17 um, Elijah is asked to pray. He's asked to pray for a drought upon the land of Israel. Why? Because Israel is under a king, King Ahab, his wife Jezebel, and they have brought ruin upon um, they put, they brought ruin upon the um, uh, upon the nation by idolatry. Again, four hundred. Prophets of Baal, 450 prophets, um, or 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Astra. And so here they are. Uh, God is using Elijah to pray for drought. And so there's drought upon the land. So it's been drought for three years. Now we're going to know in, in the as we finish up chapter 18 and go into chapter 19, you do know that Elijah prays for rain. And it stops, right? So Elijah is able to pray for rain now to stop the drought. And how many years does it rain? The same number of years it rain, it, it didn't. So there's, there's going to be a three-and-a-half-year drought and then a three-and-a-half-year rainfall. By the way, that equals, oh, seven. Anyway, so, so the punishment against Israel is complete now. Completion, seven. And so, but can I ask a question? How's your prayer life? Can I, can I just ask a question? How is your prayer life? You can ask me that too. Pastor Tim, how's your prayer life? Elijah prays and it stops raining. It, it doesn't rain for three years, three and a half years. That's a prayer life. And then he prays and it rains for three and a half years. That's a prayer life. That's the prayer life I want. Guess what? That prayer life is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Come on, guys. The Holy Spirit. And James tells us this. You know, James, I love the passage of James and uh, where it talks about the fact that, that, guess what? Elijah is a man just like us. Elijah is just a man, just like us. But his prayer life was supernaturally charged. I said, I, said, I said his prayer life was supernaturally charged. How's your prayer life? I, I hope and pray. Just, I, I, how about we just right now? Holy Spirit. Would you supernaturally charge our prayer lives right here, right now? Whatever it takes. Now, we have to be willing. We've got to step up to the challenge. We have to present ourselves, right? But would you do whatever it takes? And would you invite us for us to take any steps needed to have a supernaturally charged prayer life? Holy Spirit, would you do that in us right now? Amen. All right, how's your prayer life? So, so as we continue in, in, in verse 18, so we just have to stop, right? And this is what good, good Bible study does. Good Bible study, you know, here's what we do with reading. Later on in the, three, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah sent to, so went to appear before Ahab. We just read it like that. Stop, 
Stop in the name of the word. Anyway, <laughs> stop. Stop in the name of Jesus and read and study. So later on, so even that invites what? What does that invite? I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But what is that? Whatever your translation is, stop. If there's a therefore, you got to stop and go back because you got to figure out what the therefore is. Therefore, later on means something's happening in chapter 17. Something. Now, Elijah is introduced to us in, in chapter 17. And, and there's this beautiful story of the widow of Zarephath. And, and so, but, but, but later on in the third year of the drought, so now we're, we're kind of three years into Elijah's ministry, the Lord says to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Now you would just read right past that if you don't do a little study. In the little study that you would do, you would go back to all the way, you would go back one chapter earlier in chapter 17. Now Elijah who was from Tishba in Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Look at that boldness. Look at verse 2 and 3. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by a Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. So go to the east and do what? Hide. Somebody say hide. Okay. Go to verse 18. Go to chapter 18. Chapter 18 Go and present yourself to King Ahab, verse 1. So now the time of hiding is what? Over. Now it's the time of presentation. As you and I are led by the Holy Spirit, there are seasons, there are moments, there are times that we are to hide. There are times we are to back away. There are times that we are not to be in the front. There are times that we are not to be seen or heard. There's a time for everything. But that time is dictated by who? Ruach HaKadosh. Ruach HaKadosh, Spirit of Holy, Spirit of the Holy One, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So as you, as I, as we continue to devote ourselves to a very profound and deep relationship with the very person of God, this is the person of God living within us, the Holy Spirit. As we devote ourselves to to cultivate that kind of relationship, profound, that we would hear a, we would hear a, we would hear a, I don't know, a whisper. That's foreshadowing for all those who uh, maybe forgot grammar and English literature. In English literature class, foreshadowing is hearing and reading something that's going to come to play later. Say, say later. Say whisper. Say foreshadowing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, come on. We, 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 we put a whole lot of, apparently we have a whole holiday for a groundhog. And the groundhog's supposed to do what? Foreshadow spring. Come on, the word of God is a little bit more important than groundhog, right? Puxatani Phil, we got to we got to see the foreshadowing, and so I just know that that we are called if we're per, if we're developing and cultivating a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to hear His whisper. You're not you're not going to need anything else. You're sure not going to need a two by four. You're not going to need a billboard. You're not going to need an earthquake. You're not going to need a fireball. You're not going to need a windstorm. Anybody know what I'm talking about yet? You're going to need a gentle whisper. That's all you need, just a gentle whisper. So are you, and this is going to be the theme of the story before the story. So again, the story of uh, of Elijah, Mount Carmel, wonderful, beautiful uh, movie, I mean, Hollywood material. But it's the story before the story that I think is pretty amazing. So I mean, I love that all, but so go present yourself to King Ahab. A couple problems. King Ahab hates Elijah. 
Elijah knows that King Ahab hates him, and Elijah knows that he might die if he goes before King Ahab. But he says, okay. Verse 2 just simply says, Elijah went to appear before Ahab. All right. So there are times to present yourself. There are times to hide. Okay, And that's dictated by who? The Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. Verse 3, so Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Now, Obadiah was a devout follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them food and water. Is this the same Obadiah that is one of the minor prophets? There are, there are uh, arguments about both. There could be, he could be, he may not be. We just don't know. We, there could have been as many as four, I think, or five Obadiahs in the Old Testament period. So we don't know. But we do know this. This Obadiah was a devout follower of the Lord, and this Obadiah uh, saved uh, the Lord's prophets, and he still served under an evil king. So the Lord gave him favor. The Lord gave him great favor to serve in in the uh, in the court of King Ahab. And notice this: who's listen, listen to this? Um, they were out. Uh, king Ahab and, and 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 Obadiah. They were summoned together. Look what they're doing. Ahab said to Obadiah, "We must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules." So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by, in one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. Guys, the king himself, when the king himself is going out trying to find grass to feed and save some of his mules and horses, and he's taking his probably his top aide, Obadiah, the famine is severe. Amen? I mean, this famine is severe. If this, if if the king himself is out there on his hands and knees trying to find grass, okay. So as Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. What's Elijah doing? Coming to meet Ahab because the Lord tells him to. Obadiah recognized him at once, bowed low to the ground, and said, "Is it really you, my lord, Elijah?" He asked. "Yes, it is." Now go tell your master, Elijah is here. This is where it gets really fun. This is where we see the spirit. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit in 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 in, in what's um, in what Obadiah is going to say. This is go, this is going so fun. So verse nine. Oh sir, <laughs> oh oh sir. Obadiah protested. What harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? So what does that mean? He explains it in verse ten. For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. Wow. Now listen, we did this in Bible study um, even this past week. Isaiah, Isaiah, great prophet Isaiah, had an incredible ministry, didn't he? Back up a little bit. Two things. Number one, Isaiah served and was told this in the vision in chapter 6. God told him in the vision, chapter 6, you're going to go to people who aren't going to listen to you, who don't like you, who hate you. God bless you, good luck. And he goes. And for 60 years, somebody say 60, 60 Six decades, 60 years, you're going to have a fruitless ministry. That means people are going to not like you. They're going to listen to you. And they're not going to do what you tell them to do. 60 years. I am not asking you, the Lord telling Isaiah, to be successful according to the world. I am asking you to be obedient to me. When you read through Hebrews 11, you might see something about Isaiah. All the way in verse 37, 
in that heading of those who did not see the promise when they were still living, but they were still obedient and faithful. Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, the hall of fame of faith, right? Some were sawed in two, Hebrews 11, 37 says. Jewish tradition tells us that after serving four kings, Isaiah under Manasseh, finally Manasseh had had, a, had, had enough, and he sawed Isaiah into. What Obadiah is saying about Ahab and Elijah, Elijah is a great prophet, right? And a king has been searching from end to end, from kingdom to nation, wanting to kill him. Just because you serve in the Lord, and just because you fill with the Holy Spirit, and just because you led by the Holy Spirit, do not think that's going to be a life of goosebumps, and, and, and beautiful, wonderful invitations for everyone to love you. It's going to be hard. And it's going to be persecution. And you will face trial and trouble. But the Holy Spirit fills you. All right? He says, uh, uh, and, and, and each time he was told, Elijah isn't here. King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. Verse 11. And now you say, go and tell your master, Elijah is here. <laughs> But as soon as I leave, watch this, watch this, verse 12. Here it is, here it is, verse 12. But as soon as I leave, the Spirit of the Lord, the Ruach HaKadosh, will carry you away to who knows where. I love this. When Ahab comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord all my life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water. And now you say, go and tell your master Elijah is here? Sir, if I do that, uh, Ahab will certainly kill me. <laughs> I love it. Don't you love it? I love Obadiah. He's kind of like, it's like this holy kind of complaining, whining, but it's right. I mean, he's like, but the whole heart of it is, I'm going to tell Ahab, here you are. I'm going to have to go go probably a mile. I'm going to have to go an hour away. Go get Ahab. Hey, come. <laughs> I, found, I found Elijah. We're going to come, and guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to have already taken you somewhere. That is incredible, guys. So let me ask, are you absolutely okay with, with wherever the Holy Spirit carries you? Now, before you answer a yes quickly, are you really? Are you absolutely okay with the Holy Spirit of a living God, the Holy Ghost, to transport you, transplant you, transform you anywhere He wants to take you? I want us to really be challenged by this, guys, because I think it's important. And this is the this is the legacy of Elijah. Obadiah is is lovingly and wholly complaining. This is the story before the story, the great moment of the Carmel Mount, the Mount Mount of uh, the Mount Carmel contest, and 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 the win, uh, uh, the uh, the God of Israel winning against all the other uh, prophets. And but right here we see what Elijah is known for. Elijah is known to be led by the Holy Spirit. I said, Elijah is known to be led by the Holy Spirit. Are you? Am I? Are we known to be led by the Spirit? Man, that so-and-so, man, they are led by the Spirit of God. See, 
Elijah was so led by the Spirit of God, Obadiah was convinced that he's going to go tell Ahab, hey, I've got Elijah over here. By the time he gets back, the Holy Spirit has already taken Elijah somewhere else. That's how led Elijah would be. I wonder if you and I are that led by the Holy Spirit. In good old Paul Harvey fashion, the rest of the story, you can read it for yourself in, in 18 and 19. Um, in 18, of course, like we've already referred, you know, you've got this incredible, uh, uh, this fire falling down on the mountain, right? And, and, and you've got uh, the, the prophets being destroyed and, and being seized and, and being killed. And, and you've, got, you've got this huge victory, right? And then you've got Elijah praying for rain. And uh, right, and and, uh, and 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 so he's telling um, Ahab. Uh, Elijah says to Ahab, uh, "Go get something to eat and drink, because I hear a mighty rainstorm coming." <laughs> so Elijah climbs back to the top of Mount Carmel and prays for rain. And again, how's your prayer life? <laughs> and then in chapter nineteen, we've already alluded. This is the foreshadowing, right? And so here's Elijah having this incredible, amazing victory on the top of Mount Carmel. And then he goes into some pretty deep, dark depression and he's being chased by Jezebel. And he's basically saying, I'm the only one that's serving you. I'm the only one God serving you. And then God passes. God passes by him. And in a mighty windstorm, right? No. In a mighty earthquake, right? No. In a mighty fireball, right? No. In chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, at the end of verse 12, but there's the sound of a gentle whisper. We have got to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Holy, the Ruach HaKadosh, so that we will hear the gentle whisper, so that we will be led wherever He wants to lead us. Amen. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.